You're a big boy. What's your name? Paul. And uh, what can I Paul, get you for Christmas? Don't tell him what you want. He's a liar. Let the kid talk. You disgust me. How can you live with yourself? Just cool it, Zippy. You sit on a throne of lies. Look, I'm not kidding. You're a fake. I'm a fake? Yes. How'd you like to be dead? Huh? No, he's kidding. You stink. I think you're gonna have a good Christmas, all right? You smell like beef and cheese. You don't smell like Santa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. This is NYU Grads Daily Podcast. That was a clip from Elf. If you have not seen that movie, one of the funniest movies ever and one of the funniest holiday uh, Christmas movies ever on record as well. A lot's to cover today. I'm recording this on Sunday, November 5th. I'll be covering the Friday market session of November 3rd. Uh, it's been a uh, hallmark week, so to speak, for the Bulls. They definitely needed this relief um, because we were sitting at the edge of a black hole. Uh, let's jump right into the numbers. So as you know, uh, there are a few housekeeping items that I'll cover toward the end, as well as just a reminder on the promotion that runs through November 27th, Cyber Monday. I'll cover that at the end so you don't have to listen to the advertisement um, up front if you already listened to it. Um, so on Friday, we had 237 new highs and 102 new lows so that's a definite improvement uh we're outpacing new lows two to one so um as you know as i've been reporting on this for for weeks now uh typically we have seen 50-ish new highs and a thousand new lows so this is a big improvement um 80 of shares were advancing on friday versus 15 percent declining we right now have 53 percent above the 50-day moving average, so that's great. We were almost at like uh, 82% below the 50-day just a few days ago. Uh, So this is a great improvement as well. And we have about 64% um, below the 50-day, I mean the 200-day moving average. So 64% below the 200-day. That is also an improvement of like 74% uh, last week. Uh, So all in all, it was a very bullish um, session and bullish week. When you take a look at the sector performance, every sector was green except for energy. So the leading sectors on Friday were real estate up 2.3%, consumer cyclical up 1.7%, basic materials up 1.6%, communication services up 1.5%, financials up one4 tech up 1.3 you get the picture uh, when you take a look at the weekly performance real estate also led the way we, real estate uh, as a sector was up 8.8 percent so it wasn't tech that was leading it was real estate and i want to get into this a little bit um the uh friday session the leading uh in the index was the russell 2000 the russell was up over 2.7%. So that led NASDAQ, which was up 1.3%, and the Dow uh, 30 was 
the least up, up 0.6%. Um, Obviously, it's going to be up the largest uh, numerical number, right? It was up 222 uh, just because it's a bigger index. But um, that's why it's important to always look at percentage. And the S&P was up 40 points, which is basically 0.9%. Um, crude oil uh, was down almost 2%, 1.9 to be exact. That's going to help uh, the risk assets and put some sail in the wind. However, the real story here is yields. If you've been listening to this podcast since uh, the, the inception, which was the week of July 4th weekend, uh, you'll know that one of the things outside, in addition to just breath and tracking that every day, I've also instructed you all to look at yields every day because that's really the only game in town. If um, yields drop, prices of risk assets rise. If yields rise, interest rates rise, it costs more to buy those assets, um, making risk assets fall. So that's basically what happened. And I did not know this uh, during the fog of war, right? But we had a green day every day this past week. And the news on Wednesday, before the Fed rate hike decision, pre-market, the decision was made that uh, Janet Yellen, who heads up the U.S. Treasury, was going to focus on the short-term bonds um, rather than the long-dated bonds. And obviously, if she and the Treasury is going to make more of the short-term bonds available making like they're basically doing qe making this and the reason why it's qe is because they're selling the front end but who's buying all of this right it's the government it's the fed um jerome powell and and the government itself so by focusing on the front end yields uh you're basically in essence dropping the interest rate on like the 10-year the 30-year and if you look at the 10-year yield this week, or all yields in general, but I focus on the 10-year yield just to make it easy, we dropped from like almost 5% to 4.5%. So in essence, that is like Jerome Powell and the Federal Reserve cutting their Fed rate by 50 basis points. So looking back at this, I'm like, okay, they announced this on Wednesday. But we were bullish on Tuesday. We were bullish on Monday. So I started taking a look at the charts of things like Goldman Sachs and financials like XLF on Monday at the open. And at the time, no one really knew what was going on, right? But financials in general were very bullish pre-market on Monday morning. uh, And they were bullish all week. So this is just a hunch. I have no evidence of this. I'm just piecing together puzzles in the box. Just a hunch or hypothesis or conspiracy theory is that this decision on Wednesday morning was leaked over last weekend. And people started to buy the futures on Sunday into the open on Monday uh, and all day, all week um, this past week. 
that's just a hunch because for the 10-year yield to drop from almost five to four and a half in a matter of like three days is a drastic move. Um, so yeah, I think that's the summary of the entire week. So if you watch the news, if you watch finance, if you watch like your local news, Channel 7 News or you know NBC News, they're just going to say, oh, the market's up, market's up, market's up, market's up. Uh, and if you watch financial news, they're going to go into, you know, earnings beats, earnings beats, everyone beat earnings. Uh, you know, there's no recession in sight. Um, it's going to be a soft landing. You're going to hear that rhetoric. But at the end of the day, it was this rate. It was the rates going from 4.9 something to 4.5. Because all of the narrative that you're hearing on the news that, oh, it's because of this, it's because of that, it's because of this. If rates stayed at 4.95% this week, this past week, all of those points for the bull side would not have mattered. It was the rate reduction that gave the supercharge fire for this rally. Now, the hard part, the next part that is going to be very difficult to decipher is was this real is this sustainable was this a bounce or is this a near-term low that we will not violate for the rest of the year and santa is getting ready uh checking his list twice uh and getting his uh reindeer ready for santa claus rally I think that's going to be the hardest part to decipher here because last week gave so much um, material for the bullish narrative of a Santa Claus rally. I believe this coming week, potentially the next two and a half weeks running into Thanksgiving, for all of the news, press, and media, the sell side of Wall Street, to just keep talking about the Santa Claus end of year rally. And just from talking their book, talking their narrative, uh, it can come true because perception and confidence is the markets. And if they can convince the rest of us to not sell and to just sit on our 401ks and our Apple stock, um, there's a chance. There is a chance that we're going to rally and we might even reach or surpass the July high of this year. Totally possible, okay? But you have to see both sides of the coin. There's also a chance that this was a fake out. So again, don't call me a perma bull. Don't call me a perma bear. I'm really trying to be objective. Uh, and I, this is the hardest part of the market because I myself am cynical, okay? You've, you've heard me say this before. I'm very cynical. I don't trust people. But yet I have to be open to a Santa Claus rally because it's possible. But I also have to look at the other side here. That could have been a fake out last week. We may rally for Monday, Tuesday, who knows? But once we hit some of these resistance levels, Gravity will do its job and potentially we start to fall back down. Um, 
what were the ingredients that I said that we need for a Santa Claus rally? And we're getting a lot of them. We need rates to be below 4.5. We're at 4.5 and change. That's a start. But just because we hit it doesn't mean we're going to stay there. If we stay at 4.5, we dip to 4.4, and we stay there, very good chance of a Santa Claus rally. The Magnificent Seven have improved in the past week, obviously. Um, a lot of them have reclaimed the 50-day uh, moving average. But curiously enough, on Friday, um, Apple was down half a percent. So what's up with that? So that has to be monitored. Um, but the, the remaining of the um, Magnificent 7 did fairly well. Microsoft was up 1.2. NVIDIA was up 3.4. Google was up 1.3. Meta was up 1.2. This is for the day. Amazon was up 0.38. Tesla was up 0.6. So not the strongest day in the world for um, Magnificent 7. What really rallied, as I mentioned, the Russell 2000, all the names that were bombed, okay, um, like Shopify, Roku, all of those names who were down still like 60% from their highs. So the most blasted, the most shorted rallied like 15, 20% for some of these companies. And that to me doesn't say it's a true bottoming process. It's more of a short covering rally. Uh, where bears or people who are betting against the market are short. And as the prices rise up, uh, they need to cover. So the way they cover is that they have to buy the shares that they borrowed to short. So that creates a buying frenzy, right? Because, oh, I got to cover my short. I got to buy it. And that's the type of action that I'm seeing when you see things like Shopify up 18%, like, you know, all of these crashed out names. Um, so that's just what my eyes are telling me. You know, when you take a look at Walmart, down half a percent. Procter & Gamble, down almost a percent. Um, you have oil selling off. That's good for the bulls. You had recent... Um, Safety stocks like Eli Lilly, AbV, UNH, they were all red. Eli Lilly was down 2.15% on Friday. So, you know, I think when you take a look at the sector's real estate, right, the hopes that interest rates are going to fall, obviously that's going to help real estate. Um, financial companies, look at Goldman Sachs, look at JP Morgan, uh, and, and their action this week, if you take a look at their charts, they actually telegraphed earlier um, of this rally this week. So that's saying something. Um, maybe they knew something, maybe they didn't. But um, yeah, these are things that need to be uh, looked at for the coming week. And one thing that I also saw was that last year, when we were selling off very hard, there was on the way down to a, a bottom of like 3,500 and change on the S&P, we rallied. We rallied twice, up 5 to 6% on a dead cap bounce. We did that twice right before October of 2022. Um, 
so that's some precedent, right? Like we rallied this week um, up six, five, six percent. So is this a new bull or are we just dead cap bouncing? I don't know yet myself. Um, there's this whole quote unquote seasonality that everyone's talking about. Historically, Q4 end of year is bullish between you and I. Why that is, is not only because of Black Friday deals and Cyber Monday deals and holidays and less volume with everyone being away, but it's also the end of the year for these Wall Street firms that send out their annual statements, send out their CEO letters. Um, and why not? Let's kind of, you know, do well for ourselves. Our stock price goes up. We get bonuses as C-level executives. Uh we get to brag, we get to say, look how great we are as an industry. Uh, no one wants to be a Debbie Downer on the holiday. So just naturally, Q4 seasonality has been strong, but that doesn't mean it always is strong. But there's a lot of uh, tailwinds now in the sale that supports this. But we need to see more of it. Just one week isn't going to do it. But keep in mind, last week, everyone saw what was going on and bought calls we went from oversold to overbought in a week you know that oversold condition was built on months of selling we just reversed it in a week like nothing ever happened and i'm telling you 99 percent attribution of the rally last week was interest rates going from almost five to 4.5 that's it that is the only reason that we rallied last week. So keep a big focus, a huge focus on yields uh, and what the Magnificent Seven do from here. Um, you know, we have Apple, NVIDIA, Microsoft, Meta, all above their 50-day, which is great because last week we only had one. We had Microsoft. So there's an improvement there. So you want to see this continue. You want to see the yield stay around 4.5 or lower on the 10-year. And you want to see every day new highs outpacing new lows. Right now it's 2 to 1. That's not bad, but keep in mind, if you refresh your memory on the way down, it was outpace new lows to new highs it was like 10 to 1. We had 50 new highs and like 1,200 new lows, if you recall. So I want to see that. I want to see like 800 new highs, 10 new lows. And I want to see that consistently every day uh, for me to believe this. Um, if we see it, we're going to see a very buff uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock type looking Santa Claus coming down your chimney uh, this, this uh, holiday. Uh, I'm going to post all of my intraday notes uh, that I posted on Substack Notes on the show notes with this podcast. Uh, but that's kind of the total totality of how I saw Friday's session as well as the entire week. Um, you can check out now if you've already heard this and you're an existing subscriber. But I wanted to just remind uh, the new folks because I did notice in the past two weeks, like there were at least 300 new subscribers. 
Um, there is a promo that's going on now through Cyber Monday, November 27th. It doesn't cost anything for any of the new subscribers. All you have to do if you're a listener or if you just follow me casually on Substack, you hit subscribe, enter your email. That's free. And then um, you should see a pledge button in replacement of the subscribe button. And by pledging, you're basically saying you support the work of uh, that NYU grad is doing here. And in the future, when they release a paywall, you will subscribe either by annual, monthly, or a, um, a founder's pledge. And whoever is pledged before November 27th, I'm going to manually make sure that eventually when the paywall goes up, uh, probably in 2024, that everyone that is pledged from the beginning to November 27th will get a 33% discount once we go live. Uh, so that's the program. It's really simple to do. If you have any questions, just refer to the show notes. I actually have screenshots of how to do it. And th- we also have a referral program, which costs you guys nothing as well. If you value the content and you feel that there are others that might benefit from it, all you have to do is refer like friends and family. So if you refer um, three referrals, you get one free month. Five referrals equals three free months, and 25 referrals is the max, which you'll get six uh, free premium months. So that is on the um, actual page of uh, Substack. If you go to nyugrad.substack.com, there is a leaderboard tab on the top. That's how you find uh, the link to refer folks. But that's all I have for today. Uh, Let's see how this week plays out. I hope you guys had a great weekend. I'll see you after the Monday session. Later.